Welcome to the Fast Forward Business Podcast and today I'm doubling up. I am recording this for my podcast and my YouTube channel and what we are covering today are the most user-friendly way of presenting annual financial statements and performance of a listed company. So hang around to get a completely different view of how we should be looking at business performance and value creation. What we have in front of us is what looks like multicolored cells and might look a little bit overwhelming. But in fact, this is a representation of the last two years of financial results for ShopRite. For many of you, you'll know that as checkers. And I chose ShopRite as a company to look at because just a day or so ago on my Fast Forward Business podcast, I was ranting about how pissed off I was at the fact that ShopRite made accessing their financial data so difficult. In fact, I said what they were doing is they were even preventing me from copying and pasting out of their PDF results document. All right, so what you see in front of you is my version of the numbers. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring into screen here a version that is that comes from ShopRite in the PDF document. And just to give you a give you a sense of what that looks like. So here we go. This is generally what this document from ShopRite looks like. It's a PDF document out of their annual financial statements for those of you who are obviously on the podcast and can't see the images really what it looks like is a set of financial statements that has a tremendous amount of detail in it and it makes reference to many many pages of technical financial notes and jargon about how many of the numbers that go into the income statement and balance sheet which is what's on screen at the moment how these numbers are calculated and there's a lot of information that is contained in these statements that accountants deem to be very important but in order to understand business performance and value creation, what we can do is we can look through those numbers to try and find out what is really important because the accountants don't do that for us. So part of my mission and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to present this financial information in a way that is far more user friendly for us mere mortals, those people who are non-accountants, and so that we can understand the data and access it, make it more accessible for people to use and interpret. All right, so let's get this out of the way and come back to the format that I prefer. So I've simplified this. It might not look like that on the surface, but it is uh, a lot more simple. On the one side, we have 2019 results. On the other side, we have 2020. And I start off by simplifying the income statement so that we take out the technical jargon and terminology that the accountants use and use terminology that is far easier to understand. So simply in 2019, the sales for ShopRite 
was very close to 150 billion rand and in 2020 we can see that that went up by 6.2 percent to 159 billion rand all right presented side by side percentage growth shown and the income statement presents from there and here we can clearly see from one year to the next how this changes I'm just going to pick out a few pieces of data that I think are relevant here and I start off by looking at the profit percentages which of course accountants would never provide to you in the document you would have to go and do your own calculations but part of what I'm trying to do is say well why can we not present the data in a style that can be more user-friendly to access all right, so the gross profit for ShopRite in 2019 was just under 25%. By the time we get down to operating profit level, that's 5,2%. And then at profit after tax, it's 2,6%. So noticeably, the operating profit or EBIT, as some people will know it, has gone from 5,2% down to 4,9%. And that is something that we're seeing over many years, certainly over the last three years, four years with ShopRite, is pressure on these operating margins. And at the profit after tax level, it has gone down from a 6, uh, sorry, a 2,6% profit number to a 2,2% profit number. So again, pressure on margins. All right, so generally the income statement is quite easy to understand even the accounting one once you can just get out get out of the or get all the jargon stuff out of the way the real complexity comes in the balance sheet and that is where the accountants are putting a lot more complexity into the business i have gone a step further than simply showing the accounting document or the accounting numbers I have stripped out of my representation at the moment the numbers that do not relate to performance and get in the way of us measuring performance so let me give you an idea of what some of those things are first of all accountants have introduced this thing called a lease liability so in other words if a company has signed a long-term lease whatever the value of that lease is over time it's now being lumped in with the debt all right there's other things like non-distributable reserves which are revaluation uh, reserves when assets are revalued those things are put in of course there's a right of use asset which is the opposite side of the balance sheet for the lease liability and I, I get that for many of you this is a whole lot of jargon but what I'm doing is I'm identifying things that accountants put in the balance sheet that are in my view not required in the balance sheet yes they're required in the financial document to tell the reader about these liabilities call them contingent liabilities if you want revaluation numbers etc but what i'm interested in the balance sheet is what is the invested capital in other words what is the capital invested by shareholders i want the i want the uh share issued times whatever money's been put into the business for buying shares we call those the ordinary share capital i want the retained earnings the profit that's been kept over time and i want the long-term debt that's all i want that's the if you want that's the invested capital so i'm stripping that out and 
when you look at ShopRite in 2019, the total capital or the invested capital in the business is just a little under 32 billion. Fast forward to 2020, that invested capital has dropped down a little bit for two reasons. There's less debt on the balance sheet and also there is uh, some impairment of um, assets which has had an impact on the on the amount of capital in the business on, under the retained earnings side. So therefore the invested capital has dropped from, let's call it 31.7 billion down to 29.4 billion. Now that invested capital is what I want to measure the performance against in this business. The other thing I've done in my representation here is that when you look at what I refer to as the capital side of the balance sheet, I've taken out the current liabilities, that money that's owed to suppliers, and I've moved it to the other side of the balance sheet, and you will find it under this item called working capital, current assets minus current liabilities. So the balance sheet is presented in a way that says, here's the capital invested, by the shareholders and the bank and that's 31.7 billion and where is that invested in the operations and this is how it is invested in the operations 21 just above 21 billion in fixed assets 18.8 in intangibles just over 4 billion in investments and loans to other subsidiaries etc and the working capital component just a fraction under 5 billion so that we get total capital and net assets on opposite sides of the balance sheet all right so down to some numbers that refer to performance i'm looking at the return on equity and return on equity is made up of three components profit after tax activity and leverage I'm not going to go into the details of how those are calculated, but if you multiply those three components, so the profit after tax percentage, 2,6%, multiplied by the activity or the use of assets, 4,7, multiplied by the leverage of 1,4, gets you a return, of, return on equity of 16,8%. That is marginally under the long-term cumulative average growth rate of a portfolio of shares on the JSE and that number is 18%. So in my mind, as a shareholder who owns a portfolio of shares on the JSE, ShopRite is underperforming what that portfolio would return for shareholders. And it has been certainly for the last two or three years since its investments in Africa. But historically, it's been a very good provider of returns to shareholders in excess of 40% if you go back to 2010, 2011, and 2012. All right, the return on net assets. This is the measure of value creation, and return on net assets must be higher than WAC for the business to create value, WAC obviously being the cost of capital. All right, so at the moment that ShopRite is creating value, it has been a long-term value creator, that's for sure. And in fact, in 2020, uh, yes, 2020, those returns, return on net assets, went up from 24% to 26%. Or, yes, from 24, let's call it 25, up to 26%. 
the reason why the returns went up in 2020 is it's actually being measured off a slightly lower capital invested base so the returns look a little bit better despite the fact that the profitability has declined but ShopRite is a value creator although these days it is not creating the same amount of value that it was five seven years ago so the purpose of this pod podcast I'm going to close this off here in a moment was really just to present to you a different way of looking at the financial numbers so that they are more easy to interpret now I will do more of these over time and as I do more these this representation might become easier for you on the eye to understand what's going on and I will delve in more depth into some of the numbers and some of the background to my philosophy of how I've extracted the numbers to represent performance and value creation. So that is the end of the performance evaluation for ShopRite, creating value but not providing enough returns to shareholders and a general decline in performance over the last few years, mostly driven by lack of performance in some African uh, countries where they have expanded and well that's a deeper story we're not going to go into that for now all right that's the end of the fast forward business podcast and our youtube video for today we will see you on the far post